Do you remember the beginning of your marriage when your relationship was passionate, your connection was deep, your love was strong, and the sex was good? Remember that? Then the honeymoon was over, reality kicked in, and you found out that this marriage thing isn't as simple as it seemed. We are Kevin and Charmaine Lomax. We're going to take you on a journey through the good, the bad, and yes, the ugly sides of marriage. We'll bring you tools from experts in the field and tips that will help you strengthen your relationship. We'll be honest about what it takes to build a healthy one that will stand the test of time. When we learn how to love and make it a priority, this marriage thing is worth it. Hello everyone, so today we are talking about love, specifically the five love languages. And the question is, how do you express and receive love. In 1 Corinthians 13 7 it says love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So when we think about love, how does that translate to marriage? Well depending on how we grew up, depending on our childhood and our individual personality types, we all express love differently, right? Yeah. We express love and we may feel loved in a different way than our spouse does. Yeah, definitely. We usually express love toward our spouse in the way that we want to be loved, right? Don't right. you think? exactly. I mean, we've done that, right? More often than not, though, that doesn't work for them. There's a well-known marriage counselor by the name of Dr. Gary Chapman mm -hmm. who actually wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. Yes, he was quoted as saying, Nothing has more potential for enhancing one's self of well-being than effectively loving and being loved. I know we heard of this book many years ago, right? Uh, when, when we were dating, I think is when we pulled it up and started talking about it. And it was really helpful for us. We, we figured out what our different love languages were and we were trying to figure out how to flow in this relationship and I think it was, it, it definitely helped. Yes, it definitely did. And yeah, and actually, as we learned more about the love languages, I kind of was wondering how he came up with the concept. Mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty interesting. You know, he had a couple that came into his office and the wife was complaining that their marriage was in trouble. So Dr. Chapman then turned to the husband and asked him, does he know what the wife is talking about? And he said no, because he does everything that he can to make her happy. He does everything? Mm -hmm. He does everything. <laughs> everything, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Chapman asked him, like what? And he said mm -hmm. when he came home, he started cooking um, dinner because he gets home before her. Then wow. if he's not finished, she will help cook the dinner. Then after they eat, he does the dishes. And on Thursdays, cleans the rest of the house, vacuum the floor. Wow. And on the weekends, he washes her car and he cuts the grass. Wow. Yeah, so then when Dr. Chapman looked at the wife, she actually started crying. And she said that he's right. He does do those things, but she still, you know, she still didn't feel fulfilled. She's still not happy. So. Okay, so wait. So this wife actually had a husband who would do all of those things. That's a lot. I mean, if he's cooking, it sounds like he's cooking on a regular basis. He's cleaning up. What else is he doing? He's washing her car. He's cutting the grass. Well, he's taking care of home, first of all. Yeah, but, but that's what they're supposed to do, not yes. every husband actually does all of that. So it sounds like she had a pretty good husband. Well, it would seem so, but, yeah. you know, but she still didn't feel fulfilled. She still felt that they were connected in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Chapman asked her, why does she think 
that is that way. And she told him that because for the past 30 years, they don't talk. They don't talk. Yeah, they don't talk. You know, she said they don't talk. So, so all that time and they don't talk. Yes, they don't talk. Okay. And then he asked, well, why do you think they don't talk? Mm. And she said, because he's always cutting the grass, <laughs> doing the dishes, all the things that he's doing to show that he loves her. Mm. These are the things that, you know, I guess she's, she would like for him to do it, but that's not what she really needed from him. Because all she's told him that she wanted is just time together. And that's what they were not having, time together, because he was always busy doing stuff around the house. Mm. Interesting. So... Over time, Dr. Chapman noticed that many couples he was seeing, like the one that you just mentioned, had similar complaints about their marriages. Like one spouse would say, I feel like he doesn't love me. And the other one would say, I'm doing everything I should be doing. Right? So he wondered, when someone says, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what do they actually want? What do they mean? So he came up with the five love languages, which is a unique approach in how to effectively love another person. And for over the past 25 years, these love languages actually help millions of relationships. Mm -hmm. you know, they help them to understand the way that you feel loved and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And there are five ways of expressing and receiving love. Yeah, and the first one is words of affirmation. Number two is acts of service. Mm -hmm. uh, number three is receiving gifts. Number four is quality time. And number five is physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah. Nice. So each person has a way that they best perceive love. Most people actually have a primary love language and a secondary love language. I know for me, my primary language is touch. Yes, touch. And my secondary language is quality time. Mm -hmm. And my primary is words of affirmation. And my secondary is quality time. And it's interesting because both of our secondary love language is quality time. We make sure we get that in. It's, it's easy for us to remember, you know, to, to fit that in because we can relate to that. If you identify and learn to speak your spouse's primary love language, you will ensure that they feel love. That's for sure. I agree. There are three ways to discover our own love language. The first question we should ask ourselves is, what does your spouse do or not do that causes you the most hurt? The opposite of what causes you pain is probably your love language. Number two, another question you can ask yourself is, what do you ask your spouse to do most often? The thing you wish they will do for you often is likely the thing that would make you feel most loved. And a third way you can discover your primary love language is to ask, how do you usually express love to your spouse? The way you express love towards them is probably what would also make you feel loved. These are a few ways you could kind of figure it out, but we're actually going to share a quiz in the show notes. It's a link, so click on that link or cut and paste it into your browser and it'll direct you to a quiz where you can find out what your spouse's primary is and your own and, and even your children. And it's even for singles, right? So everybody can find out what their love language is. Yeah, and now we're going to break down the love languages a little bit further. So, number one is words of affirmation. These are words to build your partner up. You know, it just to make them feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. You can say things to them like, you're a blessing to me. Or just to keep it simple, something like thank you. Mm -hmm. That would mean so much to yes, your spouse. a simple thank you goes a long way. You're yeah. right. Or just compliment your spouse. To tell her how beautiful she looks. Mm -hmm. Or tell him how handsome he is, right? 
I know encouraging words are so nice. They're simple, but gosh, if this is your primary, which it is mine, it's not like you want to be stroked or, you know, coddled and you don't need to hear these things all the time. It's just that when you hear something positive like this, it just, you know, it makes you feel a little uplifted. For a person who has this love language, compliments and, and I love you can go a long way. But also remember, negative or insulting comments can hurt your partner deeply. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that. No, just like the positive words are uplifting for a person who has this primary love language, the negativity, any negative um you know, words, words have life, first of all. So any negative words for this type of person is going to kind of weigh on them. That's why people who have this as their primary stay away from negative people. They, it just doesn't work for their life, right? So the next one we have here is acts of service. If this is your primary love language, actions definitely speak louder than words. If your spouse has this love language, to them, love is expressed by doing things that you know they would enjoy, that you know they would like you to do. Yeah, like for men, if your wife does all the cooking, mm -hmm. it would be nice if you cook for her sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or True. if she does the grocery shopping, you can do the grocery shopping for her sometimes. Right. Or you can get a car wash. All of these are acts of service. So if you do these things... She will really appreciate it and feel loved. For sure, because those things require some thought and some effort. If you're cooking a dinner, you're going grocery shopping, where she would normally have to do that, you're getting her car washed. And what else was it? I don't know what else you said, but, well, you know, well, th those things require thought. So she would definitely appreciate that. And as we're doing these nice things, we have to do them with positivity, not out of a sense of obligation. We do these things with our spouse's contentment in mind. You know, we want to we wanna give them a little boost. We want to make them feel good. So then they will receive what we're doing as an expression of love. And the next one is receiving gifts. Now, this love language is not about being materialistic. It just means that the gift that you choose to give should be meaningful and it should be thoughtful. It should be something that makes your spouse feel loved. And sometimes it could be maybe a little love note or a text just to remind them that you're thinking of them. Mm -hmm. Or you can do something as simple as picking up their favorite dessert after a long day of work. Mm -hmm. That can actually make a huge impact. I like that. Being present... <laughs> Being present when your spouse is going through something difficult can be a powerful gift if their primary love language is receiving gifts. Mm -hmm. And next we have quality time. Now quality time, if you have this love language or your spouse has this love language, it's all about undivided attention. They want to be the center of your attention, not all the time, but some of the time. They don't want gifts or for you to do anything for them, though they appreciate those things on occasion for sure. We all appreciate all those little things, right? But they just want you to spend some time with them. That is everything to them. Yeah, or you can even do nothing together. True, yeah. true. It would be nice to turn off the cell phone, turn off the TV, remove any or all distractions, and just be present. Just yeah. sit together and just have time each other, one-on-one, -on -one, nobody else. No interruptions. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing helps them f to feel comforted in the relationship. And every time you put off having time together or when you are together but you're not present, you know, it can be very hurtful to them. Spending time together shows them how much you care. 
and it shows it reminds them that you enjoy being with them and that you like to do things together. So very important. Yeah, because just think about when you guys were dating in the beginning. You always had that one-on-one time together. Mm-hmm. Just so now that you're married, right. for those that are married, you want to just make sure you continue that because that is a powerful thing that you can do for two people to have that connection and to build it to make it strong. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and the next one is physical touch, which is so why are you smiling? I yeah. see you're just starting to smile when you say that. Yeah, I'm smiling. Yeah, because that's my primary love mm-hmm. language. If this is your spouse's love language, there's nothing more impactful than a touch from you. Mm-hmm. I agree. We've lived yeah. it. Yeah. It helps them feel connected and safe in a relationship. You can do stuff as simple as holding hands while you're walking, or you can give them a kiss when you're coming home from work, or just give them a hug for no reason. I know. Can we, can we go back to the holding hands thing? I know when we first started dating way back when... That's one of the first things I notice about you is that, my gosh, no matter what, no matter where, no matter how often, you just wanted to hold hands. Mm-hmm. And after that, when we discovered this or when we talked about it, I realized that that was your love language. But from the get-go, you were Mr. Touchy-Feely. Well, yeah, I went to the hold hands because that makes me feel love. That's, mm. That was my language, and that's the way that I received love. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that was important for me to know. Yeah, because for people to have this particular love language, without the physical contact, they would feel like you don't love them. Mm-hmm. And all the gifts and encouraging words in the world wouldn't change that. Wow. That's saying a lot right there. So in summary, figuring out your partner's love language and your own primary love language will help to foster a stronger bond in your relationship, right? That connection gets stronger little by little, drop by drop, as you fill each other's love tank. That's a Dr. Chapmanism. He talked about the emotional love tank quite a bit. If you keep that love tank full, when things are good between you, when the rough time comes, you can get through most anything. That's true, I agree. But if your love tank is empty, in those rough times that you're talking about, any problems that you have will probably seem bigger than they are and you could run into roadblocks in your relationship, right? I know some people wonder, you know, when they are just not connecting and not understanding why, they begin to wonder if emotional love, if the connection can even be rekindled in their marriage. What do you think? I think it can. Mm-hmm. I think the the trick is you have to learn your spouse's primary love language. Mm-hmm. And then after you learn it, you have to choose to speak it. Yeah, yeah. You have to be okay with the fact that they receive love differently than you do and their feelings are just as valid as yours are, right? Yes, definitely. And when your spouse's emotional love tank is full, you know, that drop by drop we spoke about, they will feel more confident and secure in they will feel more confident and secure in your love. And, you know, when your spouse is feeling good, everything looks brighter in life, right? And more likely than not they're gonna wanna reciprocate and, and that, make you feel more loved. And at, at the end of the day isn't that what we all want? Absolutely. That is what we're here for, right? That's right. For this love thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. five love languages. Love that. So now we're going to move on to our next segment, which is our listener's question. Mm-hmm. What do we have this week? And this week, I spoke to Brother Terry, and my question was, what is the secret to a successful marriage? Mm. 
the question everybody wants to know the answer to, right? All right, I'm standing out here with Brother Terry. How are you doing today, Terry? I'm great. How are you? All right. Listen, I have a quick question for you. Um, what do you feel is the key to a successful marriage? Prayer. Prayer is the key. When you pray in a marriage, even when you're having difficulties, when things don't look good and you're upset with one another, it's somehow that when you pray, when you invoke God into that situation, things begin to change. The spirit of the situation begins to change. Your heart begins to change. And you, it reminds you of how much you love this person and how much God loves you. All right. All right. I appreciate that. That's good. That's definitely good information. Yeah, well, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Prayer, prayer means a whole lot in a relationship. Yeah. You know, because like you said, if you keep God in between you two. Mm-hmm. What is it? That three-stranded cord, right? Yes. You, you your spouse, yes. and, and God, God in, the in the middle. Absolutely. And that just seems to break down so many walls and yeah. bring you closer to a better understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely a good one. Thank you, Terry. And next, we have our final nugget which today is going to be good advice. And it simply goes, go and love someone exactly as they are, and then watch how quickly they transform into the greatest, truest version of themselves. When one feels seen and appreciated in their own essence, one is instantly empowered. And that comes from Wes Angelazzi. Mm, I like that. Now, with that being said, thank you for joining us today. Be sure to check back in for our next episode. Do us a favor and review us on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. If you give us a five-star rating, we might just shout you out on one of our future episodes. And if this episode resonated with you, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or Facebook and tag us at This Marriage Thing. Until next time, peace and love.